So as we continue the conversation, where do we think this is going to go? Where, yes. yeah, you know, uh, we, the United States has a carrier group on its way. Of course, in many ways, we're kind of paralyzed a little bit with the stuff that's happening in our government. Where, where do you see this, this going? Um, I, I was just look. I was watching the feed as it's coming through, and I think they've come up with an agreement with um, with Egypt to create that corridor for civilians to get out and go through Egypt. However, one of the main sticking points is how you how are we going to um, determine who's a citizen, who's just a regular average citizen, and who's one of the terrorists that are that are coming in. That's that's one of the things Egypt's a little bit nervous about. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to talk about was there was a there was a recent article, Harvard Student Group issues an anti-Israel statement. And the CEOs of Harvard want them blacklisted. So where do you th- first of all, where do you think this is going to go? Do you think they're going to do a ground assault? Allow people to get out, do the ground assault, completely decimate the Gaza Strip, and then incorporate that into uh, Israel proper. And now those Palestinians, those two, three million Palestinians, what happens to them? So where do okay. you see this going? So, all right. So I, I think a couple of questions. I have a couple of questions before I answer that question. Gotcha. And the first, and here's the first question. I think. Um, I think I actually know the answer to this already. Um, Until yesterday, I believe that the West Bank was quiet. Yes, it is. If the West Bank is not quiet, then the Israelis have a big problem on their hands. If the West Bank remains quiet and this is isolated to Gaza, they've got an easier course, but it's still very difficult. But it is a lot easier. Ian Bremer um reported today that drone attacks and rockets are coming from the north from hezbollah and if they're trying to provoke israel into shifting troops up that way and to fight a two-front war in the north and the south obviously that's a lot more complicated situation if those two things happen you know we could be actually looking at world war in, in a short period of time as lines get drawn and people are brought into the conflict to uh, to aid this side or that side, right? We know that, by, by the way, Mahmoud Abbas, who really could have taken the high road here because Hamas has not been good to him, uh, did not take the high road. And he is actually on his way to Moscow to meet with Vladimir Putin, uh, which I think speaks volumes about what he th- is thinking about in this situation, what, what he can get out of this situation in terms of concessions or uh, support from Russia and uh, and a and a backing a promise of backing to make to make this more of a global conflict than it is. Uh, so with those questions remaining unanswered, and we may not know the answer to that for weeks because things never happen as quickly as you think they're going to happen. Um, but if that does happen. The first order of business is obviously getting the hostages out and whether that's done by trades or by threats or by rescues. Um, I imagine all of those are on the table and, and are being undertaken already that they're going to get those hostages out. And then uh, 
you know, that's probably going to mean freeing prisoners and so on and so forth, right? They're, they're, the negotiating part of that is going to be trading people for people and people for supplies, right? As I said at the very beginning of this, where, you know, hostage, hostage situation, standard operating procedure, you turn everything off, you starve them out, you trade food, water, electricity, warmth, et cetera, for people, for hostages, so I think all those things will go on. Okay, then before I, you go on, before you continue on with that, so there's a there's a wrinkle to this though, because the a lot of the hostages were taken from that music festival. There are Americans, mm-hmm. there are Germans, there are French. So maybe that idea of hostages for stuff, as you're mentioning, that might work with the Israelis. What is that? What do you think that means for the Americans? Uh, there's uh, I. They just had a, a news article on the Polish already have a, a strike team down there. Mm-hmm. What they're doing right now, whether they're helping us uh, Europeans get out of the out of the country and you know safe passage, or whether they're there for another purpose, such as going in and getting hostages out, is unclear at this point in time. And of course, they're not going to tell us what's going to happen until they do it. So if you've got Israeli hostages, yeah, I, th- I agree with you that that idea, you know, we'll give you food, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. You give us some of our hostages back. But how is that going to work now where you've got multi-nations, the Germans, the Americans? Uh, I can, you know, are, are the Americans going to have to also negotiate? Yeah, well, I think everybody's going to negotiate. Uh, the question that nobody can answer right now is, is, is Hamas going to you know are they going to trade their german hostages for for concessions germany is there mostly to get germans out of israel proper um right. not you know not necessarily there to 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 start trying to get their hostages out uh, i i don't know if that's going to change or not Fr- france did the same thing france is flying people through Jordan out of the Middle East, out of Israel, people who are French nationals who are living in or visiting Israel are being encouraged to leave because they can't protect them and they want their they want to get their people back to their country, uh, or at least out of what what might be a war zone pretty soon. As far as the uh, the rescue and the hostages, uh, you know, I know that we've got like SEAL teams and commandos and and elite troops going there to do the dirty work of going into Gaza itself and, and finding, uh, finding the hostages and releasing them. And I think that that, that will likely be an Israeli coordinated U S Israeli effort, not in, not too many other people involved, but they're going to get like, it may be easier to get somebody who's a hostage from Thailand out than it would be to get an American out. Uh, so, you know, I, I think they'll do the easy stuff first and the hard stuff later, and they'll go back at some point in there. And this could go on for a while, um, you know, but but may, by a while, I mean days and weeks, not months. Right. Because I, I don't think that they can hold out. Uh, you know, if there are wounded hostages, they have to get them out or they're going to be responsible for their deaths. And again, we're talking about a terrorist group. So the terrorist group may just say, Hey, look, we're going to kill all these people anyway. And then you've got a whole different ball game on your hands. Um, and, and they, they may decide to do that. There's no, uh, 
you, you know, they've, they don't have uh, morality. It's, you know, that's going to hold them back from that here. It's just what, what they want their end game to be. And they're, they've shown themselves to be more than willing to kill their own or people or hide behind their own people to get their own people killed. I don't think that they would hesitate to do that to hostages from other places, even if it brings the wrath of God down on them. And I, I think that wrath of God is coming down on them. I think that, that uh, uh, you know, that a large part of Gaza will be pulverized um, over the next couple of weeks. But the first order of business is to get as many hostages out as you can right. to try to get all your hostages out one way or another. And and then uh, then can come the retribution part of this, and I which, think is gonna be, right. which is going to be ugly, by the way. Oh, it, I, I agree. I think you're right. I think if the West Bank stays quiet and Hezbollah is just poking the bear as opposed to actually involving into it, I think the map is about to change. Yeah. I think Gaza will no longer be uh will no longer be a palestinian uh area so if there's a two-state solution gaza probably will not be part of it and uh i i can honestly see if the west bank as you say if the west bank stays quiet and i hope so because that's where the family is in settlements of the west bank if if that stays quiet then i can see israel once those hostages are released or they've determined that those hostages are no longer viable, I can see the wrath of God coming down from the Israeli side and basically saying, that's it. There is no more Gaza. Gaza does not exist. We're going to flatten it and we're going to, we're going to make it part of Israel and the Palestinians will no longer be welcome back into Gaza which at that point brings us to what happens to the two, three million Palestinians. The, and again, we're talking about the regular everyday people. And, and that's something that I think people have to understand. There are regular everyday people who all only are concerned with seeing their children grow up and, and surviving, uh, you know, having a good life for their children and things like that. They, those people exist in the Gaza Strip. And they are probably the majority. We're talking about a very small group, the Hezbollah group, uh, that basically has taken it over. And as you say, have used the the the, the civilian population as shields to protect yeah. themselves from, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, from retribution. Once, so uh, yeah, two, two, just two things on, on that. Margaret. The first one is. It, it it's not lost on me that they voted for Hamas and that for a while there Hamas actually did enough social um you know ha, ha, provided social services to the people there to make them grateful to have Hamas there because they hadn't had that kind of thing before right so the so there was a period of time and I, I don't have the the year to year on that at all when it stopped, you know, but it, it did stop where the, where in, in Gaza Hamas was looked at as benevolent and uh, supportive and provided social services. Uh, I'm going to guess that that only lasted a few years because in, in my second point is that the UN in 2012 predicted that Gaza would be uninhabitable by 2020. 
but 2 million people live there uh, with limited drinking water, record unemployment, poverty, uh, only sporadic electricity. The mm-hmm. people stay, the people stayed there uh, and lived there. I, and I, I don't know why people do what they do. I'm not even going to try to try to predict what, what they will do. But I, my guess is that Gaza is pretty much uninhabitable now and it will be more so in the future and probably would not would be shunned by anybody who wants to live to give their children a good life and they'll go elsewhere right and i think that's what israel wanted all along i mean so for israel this was always a waiting game keep them there until they get tired of being there eventually they'll migrate for, to to live a better life somewhere else certainly they, they weren't getting any relief from their own leadership i think is is true um I've had arguments with people who say that the Israeli leadership hasn't been much better. And uh, I'll respectfully disagree with that. The current leader of Israel is somebody who I despise, Benjamin Netanyahu. But even he sees that, I believe, uh, that that the right thing to do here, the smart thing to do, is to make this peace with Saudi Arabia, even if it means making the West Bank a Palestinian state. And of course, those two million uh, Gazans can move to, to the West Bank and right, live better right. lives there. Um, but again, you know, does that mean that Israel surrounds the surrounds the West Bank and keeps them in in what people would call then the really biggest uh, POW camp ever? Or are they going to be self sufficient enough, or with the help of Saudi Arabia? be you know be able to have their own economy and their own their own businesses and 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 be a self-supporting at some point um country again i I don't know and if you're banking on saudi arabia you know you're probably in some kind of trouble (laughs) yeah probably and you're right uh you know the palestinians in gaza elected hamas which was and hamas came in with probably a great slogan and with some social programs, and then after a couple of years, they turned into what they are. Uh, the same could be said about the United States and MAGA. We elected in MAGA for four years. And mm-hmm. again, with all the promises and all that, and how did it culminate with an attack on our own capital by our own people? So, it, you know, it's not like it's it's unknown in the United States that sometimes you vote for the wrong people. And as you made the, made the uh, you know, the, the comment, the Palestinians just for some reason seem to have a really bad track record at picking good leaders. Well, and part of that is, is you know, one of the reasons I think Benjamin Netanyahu is a terrible leader is because he's he won't go away. <laughs> and, and he's the, and you know, countries that elect like to me, Barack Obama was a terrific president. I would love to have had him for a third term, but the law says that you run for two terms and that's it, and you, or you serve for two terms and that's it. And when I didn't cry, I didn't riot in the streets when Barack Obama left office. I thought he did his job. He passed the baton on to somebody else, and that that's the job. That's what it is. Having somebody uh, like Mahmoud Abbas has been the leader of the Palestinian people for like 25 years now. It's just too much. And he does, he's not holding elections. He doesn't want anybody else doing it. 
and Hamas is not holding elections and allowing anybody else to do it. And, and you look around the world and you see Putin's been there too long. He's obviously gone off the deep end. Anytime that you have a leader who stays in a country for, you know, more than 10 years, let's say we do it in eight. If, if you're good, um, and, and, uh, and not too old, um, but in other countries, let's say it's 10 years. That's it. We bring in new leadership. So so that that's that's part of it, I think, is that they have such bad leadership that never that they never get to vote out anybody or or vote in anybody. And that's uh that that's always been the a big problem with Palestine. I mean, Yasser Arafat was there forever, you know, just wouldn't go away. I mean, you, I I would read like uh from Beirut to Jerusalem by Tom Friedman, you know, a, a book that had been written 10 years earlier than I picked it up. And it's still the same people involved, you know, it's still Yasser Arafat. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still the same leadership of the, at that time of the Israelis, uh, Ariel Sharon, but uh, you know, things, things do have to unfortunately, you know, or fortunately change things were changing and there's always going to be some, backlash when things change because the conservatives hate that conservatives always want to conserve what it is no matter how bad it is no matter how bad life is in gaza the conservatives are going to want to stay there and uh and and progress is slow but the only time in the united states history we had a president serve more than two terms was during wartime and it was because of during wartime not wanting to make a change that roosevelt basically got elected for a fourth term, died during the fourth term. Um, But uh, again, you're right. If if you're there too long, there's a tendency, there's a a bunch of African nations that you can look at. There's a bunch of South American nations that you could look at where the leader was there for years and years and years and years and years. And even though they may say it's democracy, they may say that it's, uh, you know, continuity of government, which is always the argument that they make continuity of government. Uh, it, it just leads to very bad things when you have leaders that stay in the position too long. That's one of the reasons why the fall of uh, monarchies became so prevalent because they were there forever. And even though you might have changed the, you know, it was the, the son rather than the father, it was still the same family. It was still, I mean, and, and those same, same ideas kept, you know, kept re- resurfacing and causing that issue. I, uh, my attitude is, is and just back to the, to the Israeli thing. If West Bank stays quiet, which again, I hope because I have family there, it does. I agree, though, if they can get those Palestinians into Egypt, Israel gets the the um, the hostages out, or as I say, determines that the hostages it's are are either dead already or whatever. I can see them going in and completely leveling uh, Gaza and making. And then basically telling the Palestinians, you can't come back. What that means toward the peace between Israel and Saudi Arabia, that's yet to be seen. But I really do think that the other thing we have to look at when we're talking about that peace is that peace is really in the interests of Saudi Arabia as well. They wouldn't be entering into it if it wasn't in their interests. For sure. Yeah. And, w- and the United States is doing a lot them. to make it within their interests. 
Yes, which, which, by the way, also includes including a Palestinian state. That's exactly right. And I think that that's, that's probably, as we've said, that that's probably the reason that this started. This is something that probably, I hate to say, probably started with uh, the discussion for the Abraham Accords two years ago. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, somebody they saw went the writing the on the wall <laughs> that this was they a went, possibility. They, as as they probably should have, they went for the low hanging fruit. You, Correct. You know, you, it's been said that you you can't make uh, you can't make um, peace with your friends, right? Um, but you can. I mean, not that they were friends, but they were never. Israel had never fought a war against Morocco, so that was a pretty easy peace to make. And the United Arab Emirates, I'm sure, provides plenty of money for um, for for bad causes. But uh, but at the same time, now what you have there is is uh, Israelis going to, you know, there are bar mitzvahs and weddings that are happening in Dubai. And and so there's been a normalization of of their. Uh, of their relationship, which is, you know, which is a great thing. And so, yeah, you know, give, give them credit. 